Well, hello. <laughs> How's everyone doing tonight? It's good, people. How y'all doing? We're just getting set up, so we thank you all for being patient with us. Exactly. We pray that you're doing well. Doing a setup a little bit different today, so you know, bear with us. But you know, we hope that you're fired up from last week mm -hmm. with our series on the process. And last week we talked about preparation. And if you haven't checked it out, please do so. Um, you know, after this one, you know, it's a great segue into today's topic. And I think you know, all of the topics that we go over would definitely, you know, have a flow to them. So we essentially created that way so that we can watch one, you know, after the other one. And a lot of the concepts make sense. So we pray that that helps, um, helps with that. So. Yeah, we just appreciate you guys um, joining us. So this is the second week out of three we're going to have a three-week series okay. called the process and so last week as jerry mentioned we talked about the preparation part of the process and then right now this evening we're going to talk about well actually you know what i'm not going to give the title or the topic i'll let jerry share the topic but um we are glad you guys are here um our final series um that topic will be the week before thanksgiving and we'll be taking a break that Tuesday before Thanksgiving so everyone can spend time with their families and their loved ones and just um, enjoy the holiday week. So we'll be wrapping up this series next week. Yeah, exactly. So just to get started, um, because like I said, I was excited, you know, getting ready for this because a lot of the concepts that I share today, I've been through this process and it's really refreshing to understand a lot of the concepts that you learn. It doesn't have to feel embarrassing by any means, but it really helps you to understand that you're not the only person that's going through the situation. So today's topic is humiliation. And I know that may not be a popular, you know, topic that may be discussed, you know, in churches or even in small groups, but, you know, I really wanted to explore that concept of humiliation. Um, and so to really kick it off, I always like to start off by really giving the definition of what a word means. So that way, as we go through, you know, as we apply these terms, it gives you a better insight in terms of, you know, what it means and, you know, adding more context, you know, once we go through different scriptures. So, when I looked up the word humiliation from different sources, the definition that I got was a low or modest outlook on one's own significance. And then the Latin word for humiliation is humilis, which also means low or grounded to the earth. And so as I kind of meditated last night on the scripture in Proverbs, 11 verse 2 um and even today just meditating on what does like humility mean just you know i may have spent like 10 minutes but it really helped me to like understand that you know from the description proverbs 11 verse 2 it says pride leads to disgrace 
but with humility comes wisdom. And this is from the uh, New Living Translation version, Proverbs 11, verse 2. So that gives you an idea of humiliation is essentially, um, like the Latin word says, is grounded to earth. And when you think of the, the passage in Exodus, the story of Moses when he appeared before the burning bush, and, and God essentially told Moses to remove his shoes because he was on holy ground. And as I've meditated on, you know, what humility means, it, uh, it allowed me to really understand, okay, so if you have a shoe on your feet, it's separating you from what God created you out of. And so in that sense, God wanted Moses to know, hey, take off your shoes because in my presence, you are what I created you out of, which was dirt. And so that helps us to put things into context when we think about humility, as well as, you know, humility before God. So to jump into it, you know, there were three concepts that I thought of when, you know, really thinking about humility and who it can help out there who's ever watching. And it also helped me, you know, even as, you know, I went through different situations. So we're going to answer the question of what you what you should know about humiliation or essentially a statement. So there are three things that you should know about humiliation. And so the first one is God cares, man doesn't. And we have a scripture for that. So to give you like an overview, you know, this scripture comes from Genesis uh, chapter 37, and it's several different verses, but starting in verse 18 through 22, this is when Joseph was sold into slavery. And so I'll, I'll read through those briefly. What was that? Uh, it's Genesis 37, verses 18, and then skipping to verses 21 through 22. So Genesis 37, 18. So it said, it reads, when Joseph's brothers saw him coming, they recognized him in the distance. As he approached, they made plans to kill him. But when Reuben heard of their scheme, he came to Joseph's rescue. Let's not kill him, he said. Why should we shed any blood? Let's throw him into this empty cistern here in the wilderness. Then he'll die without our laying a hand on him. Reuben was secretly planning to rescue Joseph and return him to his father. Now, of course, this story goes on, you know, to give more details about what happened, but essentially, you know, to give you a quick overview, Joseph was basically favored by his father, Jacob, because, you know, Jacob had him in his old age. So he basically, you know, like you would call, um, you know, a daughter who's, you know, the pride of her daddy, you know, a daddy's girl, you know, you could say the same about Jacob and Joseph. It was, you know, daddy's little boy. And essentially Joseph had these dreams and he told his brothers about the dreams. And essentially when he told his brothers about the dreams, the result was that they ended up worshiping him in, you know, from the dream or that would be the reality. And because his brothers already, 
didn't like him, even to the point where they hated him, they wanted to find a way to get rid of him. And so, you know, like I said, when we think about this concept of God cares, but man doesn't, you know, as you read through the story um, in Genesis 37, it doesn't end there. You had a, you know, the brothers, they were contemplating with each other, let's kill them. Then you had one brother or two brothers who were like, no, let's not kill him. Let's not shed any blood. Let's just, you know, find a way to sell him and let's make it seem like we, or let's make it seem like he was killed. Um, so that way, you know, our dad can forget about him. You know, essentially they thought Jake would forget about him and he would move on. But apparently that was not the case. And Jacob ended up mourning. He was weeping like you can't believe it. And so when we think about the concept of how, you know, God cares, but man doesn't, you know, in that passage, you have to really think about it. You know, you may be asking, well, what about this scripture shows that God cares? Well, you have to realize it. If you have the majority that are saying, let's kill him, then that would essentially trump anyone else's decision. But because you had one brother who said, let's not kill him, that was a way for God to intervene. Because if Joseph was killed at that point, then Joseph's dreams would have been a lie. And if Joseph's dreams came from God, then that shows that it's a promise that will be fulfilled. And so that's why I mean when I say that God cares, but man doesn't, because man does not see, you know, the entire process or the lineage of a person and what they will do or how they will impact even a nation. And God didn't want that to happen because God had a promise. And whenever God has something that he wants done, no man would be able to intervene in that path. And so you see the importance of how God, even though his brothers, you know, had hatred in their heart, but he still used one to say, hey, let's not go down this path that could take our brother out, but let's go down a different path. And essentially they sold their brother into slavery. And, you know, that leads us to our next one. But before I jump off, I want to ask you, Alicia, if you had anything you know, with that topic of um, how God cares, but man doesn't. Yeah, I think that that just shows that God is involved in every situation. Um, a lot of times we feel as though we can be um, alone and no one sees what's going on. Um, and God, you know, allows for certain things to happen, but it's for um, a reason, um, for our growth, um, for our, you know, our purpose. Um, God knew that we will face many, will face many obstacles, but he, he will never leave us nor forsake us. And so sometimes God will allow certain individuals to, he will use them so his purpose and his mission can be accomplished. Because like Jerry mentioned, if they had killed him, then those dreams would have never come you know, to flourishion. Mm -hmm. And God cannot lie. So if he's going to share a dream with us, or with Joseph, um, then it had to come to pass. It, it right. had no choice but to, you know, come about. And so 
that's why, you know, God will, you know, God can use anyone. He can even use our enemies, mm -hmm. you know, to promote us and to propel us to our next place, um, whether they realize they're being used by God or not. Um, but yeah, that's what I would add. Um, that's good. That's good feedback. So, and we're going to spout more about, you know, this next week in terms of, you know, uh, what we thought about Joseph, you know, as he told his brothers, but we're not going to fast for it too quick. But that leads us to our next one, which, you know, talks about how God remembers, but man doesn't. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I'm sure anybody can relate to when you told someone something and you were hoping that they remember something. And unfortunately, when you ask them, like, hey, did you remember? Or you may not have even asked them, but you said, hey, can you do this or do that? And they didn't do it. And you asked them, like, why didn't you do it? They're like, I forgot. And so the scripture that, you know, really highlights this is, you know, in Genesis chapter 40, verses 14 to 15, and then skip to verse 23. This kind of gives context. So, you know, this was the time where after Joseph was essentially sold into slavery, um, he ended up working under Potiphar, which was, you know, in charge of the palace or guarding the palace. And at this time, you know, while Potiphar was away, his wife essentially saw Joseph. And whatever she saw in Joseph, you know, she saw a young stud, she saw some muscles that Apparently, it didn't compare to Potiphar, or, you know, she saw it done to where she was like, hmm, let me try to give me a piece of this almond joy, if you will. <laughs> and so she was like, hey, let me take a jab, let me take a jab at this young, at this young fella. And Joseph was like, hey, I ain't about to do that, because I already know what time it is, and I'm here to work, you over here to do something else, I ain't about that life. So essentially, she made it seem like Joseph raped her. Long story short, Potiphar ended up coming back and, you know, different translations would say that Potiphar believed Joseph, but to, you know, but to show his wife that, you know, he was on her side, he basically, you know, jailed, you know, Joseph instead of having him, you know, executed because he knew he knew that Joseph was a trustworthy person, but at the same time, he had to show, you know, a punishment for what he thought had happened. So this kind of leads us to where you have a cupbearer and then you have a, uh, you have a uh, uh, baker, if you will. So the cupbearer essentially uh, was the person that Joseph appeared to. And then in verses 14 of Genesis chapter 40, this is what Joseph told the cupbearer. So he says, and please remember me and do me a favor when things go well for you. Mention me to Pharaoh so he might let me out of this place. For I was kidnapped from my homeland, the land of the Hebrews, and now I am here in prison. But I did nothing to deserve you. Pharaoh's cupbearer, chief cupbearer, however, forgot all about Joseph, never giving him another thought. So after the fact, you know, Joseph was in jail and he had a cupbearer and a baker. Both of them had dreams. 
One of them, which was the baker, his dream didn't lead to a happy ending because he ended up being executed. But the cupbearer, he was able to be restored to his position, which is why Joseph starts off saying, hey, please remember me because I didn't deserve to be here in the first place. And we all can relate to someone saying, hey, I didn't deserve to be here. You see different people in you know, the justice systems that may have been falsely accused of something. They said, I didn't do it. This was a lie. Whoever set me up, it's all a lie. And you're hoping, you're pleading this, that God or somebody who has the authority can remember because you don't want to be at the hands of the system or even the decisions because you already know that it's not going to end well or even your days are just not going to look as promising as they would had you been not been in jail. And so this helps us to understand that even though, you know, Joseph, you know, looked at a man and said, hey, this is my hope right here because I've been in jail for years and I'm hoping that you would help me because I helped you. So I need you to help me if you can. And the scripture says that the, the cupbearer forgot all about it. And that can be the worst feeling in the world when someone forgets something and you were just making everything on them remembering. And this helps us to remember that God does not forget because he never sleeps or slumbers. So he's always watching. Even up to this point, you have to realize that even when Joseph was in jail, um, as you go a couple of verses up, you'll see that the the interesting thing about it was that when Joseph was first uh, put into jail, the the guard who was over the jail he actually placed Joseph in charge over watching over the jail because he knew that Joseph was a man of order and he knew that he could trust Joseph. So imagine that a a prison guard is is putting a prisoner in charge over watching over the prison while they're away. That's what the scripture says. So if you go a couple of verses back up, it says that. And so that's also another indication in terms of how God remembers. Because even the character of Joseph allowed him to still maintain a position of authority, even while he was locked up. Now, you can't tell me that God is not working even in that situation. So I hope that can be an encouragement to somebody, even while Joseph was locked up. He was still given a position of authority because of his character. Mm -hmm. So I want you to think about that for a second and think about your situation. You know, what do you feel like God has forgotten about? And think about, okay, what has God done for me? Or what has he allowed me to do? Because when you think about it, you'll realize that God has not actually forgotten about anything, but it could be how we view situations that can, you know, that can make us believe that God has forgotten. Mm. And so, any thoughts on that, Alicia? I would say, like, that's really good to point out because oftentimes when people find themselves in situations, especially if they know that they didn't cause that, they mm. were framed or they were blamed, you know, people sometimes will take on that, you know, persona that has been pushed onto them. They'll accept it as if it is true. So that is why, you know, sometimes people 
and it's not the case for all, but I have mm-hmm. seen this um, where sometimes people go to jail and then they'll take on this identity as if they are a bad person. Mm-hmm. You know, they'll adapt to that environment. Um, they'll just, you know, well, I guess it is what it is. I might as well act like a criminal. I'm in here with criminals. That's kind of the attitude that they have. And mm-hmm. I think that's something that is important to that God wants us to always remember is that, you know, do not forget what I said about you, who I said you are. Um, It doesn't matter if the environment changes. That does not mean your character has to, you don't have to adapt to that. You don't have to accept that label as, you know, what someone said you are. Someone may have said you are a thief, but that doesn't mean you have to act like a thief. Um, And so I think that there just says a lot about Joseph's character in terms of, you know, he was still able to stand out even when in prison, people saw, you know, his, how responsible he was, how mature he was, how trustworthy he was. And so that allowed him to have a position to be over prisoners. Yeah, that's a good point. And as I was thinking about it, I was like, man, that's a bonus in terms of what we were talking about in terms of at first, you know, we talked about how God cares, man doesn't, God remembers, and man doesn't. And I think that was a bonus in terms of, you know, God knows your character, but man doesn't. Mm-hmm. And so I think that is definitely a bonus, you know, so glory to God for that. Um, and that was just amazing, you know, phenomenal. So we're going to dive right into the last one that we have and. Again, this one, it could have another bonus. So, you know, it just depends on if you're paying attention. But this last one, you know, essentially says God strengthens man, but man can't. And so this comes from 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verses 4 through 7. And this is from the New Living Translation version. And this is the Apostle Paul talking. And he says, in everything we do, we show that we are true ministers of God. We patiently endure troubles and hardships and calamities of every kind. We have been beaten, been put in prison, faced angry mobs, worked to exhaustion, endured sleepless nights, and gone without food. We prove ourselves by our purity our understanding, our patience, our kindness by the Holy Spirit within us and by our sincere love. We faithfully preach the truth. God's power is working in us. We use the weapons of righteousness in the right hand for attack and the in the left hand for defense. So this is the Apostle Paul speaking. Now, I know it's a lengthy read, but uh, I think it's in verses six through seven, but this is where Paul says God's power is working in us. And so that's the part about how God can strengthen, but man can't because as you go up a couple of verses, Paul talks about how we've been beaten, we've been attacked, we've even faced poverty, you know, um, hungerness. Uh, we've even worked to exhaustion, you know, you know, working, you know, how people say I'm dog tired to where you are just exhausted out of this world. And even said that we've endured sleepless nights, you know, talk about insomnia, you know, not being able to go to sleep because of how hard you're working or because your body is just so tired that it's, it's hard for you to really get comfortable enough to go to sleep. 
But it says, even through all that, we still prove ourselves by our purity, our understanding, patience, kindness, Holy Spirit within us, sincere love. We faithfully preach the truth. And he said that God's power is working in us, which is the foundation for why, you know, they're able to do all of those things. And so that should help us to realize that, hey, you know, even through this process of humiliation where it may seem like living in a career, you're not getting a promotion or, you know, someone may falsely accuse you of something. You may have people that's talking behind your back. It feels like you are just low. You don't have anyone that you can relate to. And this helps us to realize that it's God's strength that allows us to continue to go further and even beyond what we can imagine. But it's not man who gives us that, but it's God because, you know, he is the king of our heart. He is, you know, our strength. You know, he's the one who created us. And so he gave us, you know, the ability, the power. And as we continue to operate in the Holy Spirit, it will strengthen us as we continue to do what he's called us to do. Um, yeah, that's all I have with that. But I want to <laughs> share with you because I'm sure that you have more to expound upon than I can with that. No, I mean, I think you did a good job. I appreciate okay. that. Um, sorry. Um, no, I, I agree that God's strength um, is so much greater than ours. Mm -hmm. And he gives us the strength to to endure and to carry on in ways where we couldn't even imagine in our own might um, and our own abilities were incapable of achieving those things. Mm -hmm. But it's by his power and by his spirit mm -hmm. that, you know, we're able to accomplish those things. And in all honesty, when we're walking in his, in his will, you know, he will, allow us to have certain abilities certain things that may just seem impossible that become you know you you feel like man i'm seeing the supernatural occur because he is by his spirit um that allows things to occur that's true i mean that is definitely true his word says it endlessly throughout the scripture so so just to recap as we wrap up you know talking about humiliation and one of the different things that we said that you should know about humiliation. The first one is God cares and man doesn't. Mm -hmm. And the second was God remembers the man doesn't. And then the bonus one to that was God knows your character, but man doesn't. And then the fourth one is God can strengthen you, but man can't. And so it gives a, a distinction between God and man when you're dealing with humiliation, because in order to experience humiliation, there has to be a point of where someone says something about you that's lower than you know who you are, or you may accept you know what someone says or what circumstances um, may present you with, and you may just start to realize that, hey, I'm just not that important or it's not a big deal. Where do I matter anyway? And God sees you like, hey, you know, while I want you to express humility before me, I don't want you to devalue yourself as you are going through this process. I want you to know who you are, who I've made you to be, but I don't want you to use that to just say I'm nobody 
you know, I, I remember a song and it says, I'm just a nobody trying to tell everybody about somebody, you know, who's Jesus or something like that. Or who could say anybody. Essentially, the start of that was the person or whoever came up with the song wrote the lyrics, you know, and they got some uh, some learning to do because they are not a nobody. They are somebody. And not only somebody, but, you know, the word of God calls them, you know, a chosen uh, priesthood, a royal nation in second first um, Peter chapter two, verse nine, I believe. Um, a holy nation, and it's many things that God calls us that sometimes we may devalue it to, I'm just a nobody. But don't accept that. You know, while you may think that's modest, that's a lie, which you shouldn't accept. You should know that, hey, I'm a child of God, and a child of God is not a nobody. A child of God is somebody. They have, you know, what God gives them. If you are nobody, that means you don't have any significance. You don't have any special abilities. But because you are a child of God, you have so much that just because you haven't explored it doesn't mean that that's it for you or that's all that you are aware of. And it kind of goes back to what we were talking about in terms of God knows your character. God can strengthen you. Even though you may not see the entire full picture, you have to trust that God is capable of giving you what you need to fulfill the task. And so we pray that, you know, this has been a blessing to you again. Like I said, we, we hope that you enjoyed it. Please share it with somebody because we uh, definitely enjoy sharing the word of God with you. And um, again, we just want to give a shout out to just everybody that's been following us. Yeah. <clears throat> been getting love on different social platforms. Um, different people reach out to me here and there about prayers and just, you know, thanking us for the videos. And, you know, to be honest, it's all glory to God. We don't do <clears throat> this for likes or anything. You know, <clears throat> the internet is flooded with that. So, you know, our purpose is not for that, but our purpose is to really get down to business, which is sharing the word and making sure that you are victorious and fighting from a place of victory and not, you know, being a person who's, you know, trying to fight for victory. But um, we just thank everybody, giving a shout out to everybody, um, mom, sisters on the line. Love y'all. Uh, anybody else? I mean, I see. Let me check the feed. I think that was about it uh, so far. But yeah, um, appreciate everybody. Make sure you stay tuned for next week as we close it out and you don't want to miss this one because if you thought the first two were awesome this last one's just gonna bless you i'm just gonna say that are you not gonna tell them what it's about or are you gonna wait till next week um i'm, I'm gonna let y'all wait to see <laughs> you gotta wait and see so like i said if y'all enjoyed this one you won't be disappointed so any uh Final words, Miss Thomas. Um, no, I don't really have too many final words. Just thank you all. Um, can't say that enough. I much would appreciate everyone for carving out thirty some minutes of their time to spend with us on the Thursday evening. We know that everyone is busy doing different things, um, or could be, you know, just even if, if they're not busy, you know, you could be doing anything. 
your time is valuable. So we thank you yeah. for sharing it with us. Um, and we thank you for believing in us, sticking with us, those who watch us every week. We really do appreciate you. Uh, we appreciate your support. It really encourages us. Yes, and um, we just speak blessings over you 10 hundredfold uh, for showing us love and helping us as we continue to grow and expand, you know, our ministry to really help, you know, those who really needed to really get through, um, need a sense of community. That's why we're here. So we thank y'all for tuning in to us today. And until next time, we hope that y'all have a great day, evening, morning, however, wherever time's on you in. We will see y'all later.